find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. Welcome to Bad Axe Podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Blinka. And I'm your co-host, Aaron. Bad Axe is brought to you by the Podmoth Media Network. Check out Podmoth for more great podcasts. You can support the show and get an entire year's worth of bonus episodes over at patreon.com backslash badaxepod. There is a link in our show notes and membership start at just $1. You can also support the show for free by leaving us a positive review and telling a friend about us. A special note that you probably have noticed, we got COVID again. <laughs> um, last week, we did tell you that we had not been feeling well, and it turns out that we tested positive for COVID. And we've been sick for, I guess, a little over a week at this point. My symptoms are still lingering, as you might notice, because I have been losing my voice. This is the latest we could record for this week. And since we have to record next week earlier, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that this hoarse voice is probably going to continue. Because we are having some struggles, me particularly, I decided to break up this case into two shorter episodes because I'm coughing and my throat hurts and I sound like this, my voice keeps fading, so I don't want to push myself too hard. But let's not spend too much time talking about COVID and how it continues to affect us over here despite having received the vaccines we were allowed to receive, which was three. Mm -hmm. Really looking forward to that booster, (laughs) y'all. Don't want to do this again. Uh, So let's jump into today's case and distract ourselves from that. Today, we are going to San Juan, Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico is a Caribbean island southeast of Florida, Cuba, and Haiti with over 3.2 million residents. It's a territory of the United States, so all of its residents are U.S. citizens. About 340,000 Puerto Ricans live in San Juan, the island's capital city. It's a colorful, vibrant city with historic architecture, though I should note that it was severely damaged by Hurricane Maria in 2017. But back in September 2005, it was somewhat thriving there. And we had our subject of today, 32-year-old Adam Joel Anhang, living in San Juan. He had grown up in Winnipeg, Canada, with his parents, Abe and Barbara, and his sister, Becky. Adam loved going on adventures, including traveling and going scuba diving. According to his family, he was the kind of guy who loved going to costume parties and playing jokes. He was also a cat person, and he had two fur babies named Max and Nate. That's awesome. A kindred spirit. Yes, a kindred spirit. For those of you who are new, we currently have six cats over here, which is probably a shameful amount, but we're not ashamed. We rescued a bunch of these cats, and two of them are baby kittens that we just rescued. Super cute. So definitely a kindred spirit. And I really feel like it says something about him that he named his two fur babies human names. You know, he's like really treating them there like they're his babies, which is cute. Extremely intelligent, Adam proved to be a computer whiz, but that was not his main passion. He loved business, 
and he seemed to have a gift for it. And this love of business basically started when he was a child. His parents liked to tell people about how when he was a like kindergartner on his first day of school, he brought a briefcase to school instead of a backpack. Oh, that's adorable. It's adorable because his dad had a briefcase, so he had to have a briefcase. Yeah. Which is super cute. And then he also was just a really, really nice guy um, because one of the things that he did to help people is, as, as an example that his family gave, is they had experienced a fire and his sister was really upset because I think it was a dress that she had in there that was burning and he ran in to go get it. Oh, Yeah, so he's just like always going out of his way to help everybody. He attended the prestigious Wharton School of Business, which opened up a lot of doors for him. And he was soon working for big firms and making waves. In addition to running businesses, he often returned back to Wharton to give guest lectures and teach the next generation of business leaders. He lived an enviable life with a multi-million dollar fortune that he earned through all these different businesses that he worked for, including being an online gaming businessman and also running his own consulting firm that he would go and help businesses that were struggling financially, and he would tell them how to turn things around. Also, he had a lot of real estate dealings all over the world, including in Puerto Rico. But Adam wasn't the type of businessman that hoarded his wealth. Like a lot of these guys get a bad rap and understandably because they make all this money and then they just kind of hoard it up or they spend it on just themselves. But Adam wasn't like that. He was really quick to pay for things on behalf of his friends and family. So if a friend was just in need, he would just give them the money and he didn't make a big deal about it. A lot of people didn't even realize that he had helped a lot of people until after he had actually passed because he was really quiet about it. He wasn't doing it to get attention or praise. He just really, really liked to help people. That's awesome. Yeah. Adam first went to Puerto Rico in 2002 to help a friend close a real estate deal on a hotel. While he was there, he fell in love with the island and saw potential investments all around him. He really wanted to revitalize the neighborhoods, and so he decided to stay and make a home there. Not long after arriving on the island, Adam met 23-year-old Puerto Rican beauty queen, Aria Vasquez Rijos. While he had a lot of options, Aria focused all of her attention on him, and because of this, Adam fell hard for her charms. She was gorgeous and young, and he saw a future for them. In late 2004, the couple decided to move in together. Adam moved Aria into his fancy mansion in a prestigious neighborhood. As they got serious, he bought Aria a local establishment because she wanted to own her own business. She called her restaurant Pink Skirt Nightclub and Restaurant. Cool. Yeah, it sounds like a fun place. This restaurant, by the way, attracted a lot of different people in the neighborhood. And later on, this would become significant because some of the people that would hang out there were involved in the criminal enterprises that were popular in this region. And so this would become a concern later on as Adam started realizing that maybe Arya wasn't always the best girl for him. In early 2005, though, Arya surprised Adam with some exciting news. She was pregnant with their first child. Woo-woo. Yeah, so he was like, wow, yay, my first kid. And her family 
kind of intervened at this point and told him that they really didn't want her to be a single mother. They didn't want people to know that she got pregnant before marriage. These were things that would really make her look bad to their friends and family. So they wanted him to essentially make her an honest woman. And Adam understood this. So he decided to make a huge leap. And even though they really hadn't been together for long enough and he hadn't told any of his friends or family just how serious he was getting with Arya, he decided to just go ahead and get married with her. And so the couple married on March 18th, 2005 in a secret ceremony. And when I say secret, it was legitimately a secret from everyone on Adam's side. None of his friends or family received an invite and they didn't find out that he had a wedding until much later. Oh, that kind of sucks for them. Yeah. So later on, though, people will point out that they feel like this is a sign to them that maybe he knew that Arya wasn't necessarily the best person for him just because his family probably would have warned him and said, hey, why don't you take your time? Or his friends that had seen them together might have pointed out that their relationship wasn't always, you know, the best relationship it could be. Maybe he wasn't such a good idea to rush into a marriage. Right. Maybe there were some red flags. Mm-hmm. After the wedding, as you might expect, things quickly went awry for Adam. Arya immediately invited her mother, Carmen, brother, Charvel, and sister, Marcia, to move in. Her entire family essentially started living off of Adam. And while he was a wealthy man, that's not exactly what he thought he was getting into when he got married. As it turns out, that family, though, would not include a baby. Uh Because Arya was not actually pregnant. Oh, no. Yeah. And after this revelation came out, Adam realized that she had pretended to be pregnant to trick him into getting married. Damn. Yeah. And so he actually talked to his friends about this and how he felt like he had essentially fallen for the oldest trick in the book where you have this woman tell you, oh, I'm pregnant, and then you get married. Yeah, that's some telenovela shit. I know. It makes me feel sad for him. So he decided, though, even after he found out that she lied to him, that he was going to try to make a go of it. Because it seems like he really did love Arya, even though she had a lot of red flags going on. Yeah, that's a huge red flag. Yeah, he seemed like he really did want to try. And so he gave it his best go. And he kept on, you know, giving her everything that she wanted. But after about six months of marriage, it became clear that this relationship was falling apart. And Adam really started hardcore considering divorce because it just wasn't a healthy situation for him. And he realized that she didn't really seem to like him as much as she liked his money. And he started to think that she only married him so that she could have a wealthy husband and not because she actually wanted to be his wife. Yeah, it's starting to sound that way. Yeah. And so why let this go on any longer than it has to, especially with how like deeply entrenched, like essentially her entire family was becoming in his life. So he decided that he was going to get this divorce. As they were ramping up toward the divorce, though, things got really tense. And they got so crazy that Adam actually hired a friend of his named Carlos to act as his bodyguard. According to Adam's friends, the reason for this is that he was concerned that Arya had made a lot of friends who were criminals as they frequented her bar. And he just felt comfortable having someone watch his back so that he didn't encounter any harm, especially with these potential criminals out there working on behalf of Arya. It turns out later that this might have been his intuition talking to him because it seemed like old San Juan, which is where they were living, was a really safe place to be. 
On Thursday, September 22nd, 2005, Adam went to dinner with Aria to talk about their divorce. They planned to dine in Old San Juan at a restaurant called The Dragonfly. Aria had actually insisted that they go out to dinner that night. Originally, Adam had not thought to invite her out to talk about this divorce because it had been so contentious. It wasn't really something he was enjoying talking about. And most of their talks had gotten a little crazy because so far, Aria had insisted that she was not going to agree to a divorce. And, you know, so he has his hands tied. Like, he needs her to agree to this divorce. Right. But she's basically holding out. And part of the reason for that is that they had a prenup. And as you can imagine, they've only been married for six months. So that already doesn't look great when it comes to getting divorced prenup-wise. Like, obviously, you weren't in this for the long run. Yeah. But according to the prenup, if they got a divorce, she was going to get $3,400 a month for three years. Which sounds like a sweet deal to me. Yeah. I mean, she only married to him for six months, and it's not even her money. It's not like she helped earn it or anything. I don't know. To me, that just seems like a good deal. Yeah. But apparently, that was not a good deal to her because he had $24 million. And she didn't want to lose access to be able to spend all that. In the prenup, if he died while they were married, she didn't actually get all $24 million, But she would get $8 million dollars. Which is more than she would get if they got divorced. Yeah. And so she's like, uh-uh, I'm not getting a divorce. I want more. I want you to offer me a better settlement. And she also wanted access to things like his house or his cars. Like, she was really driving a hard bargain. And so whenever she started insisting on going to dinner, he eventually came around. And part of the reason why he came around is that she literally called him 13 times at work that day. Damn. To press him into going to dinner that night. So after these these phone calls, he finally was like, okay, you know, I'm going to go to dinner with you. And he started thinking about it, and he was like, you know, Old San Juan's a nice place. We can go have a nice dinner. And I know that she really is annoyed by my friends, especially Carlos, my bodyguard. I'll just go and try to hammer this out with her. And I feel like if I go by myself and really, like, lay myself out to her, it will help her to agree to this settlement. And that is what he was telling people as he, you know, made his plans and as he told Carlos that he had the night off. And he was thinking he didn't really need Carlos there because it is a safe place. And also, it had been awkward in the past. They were trying to talk about the divorce around Carlos. And so he thought, why not make it less awkward? Maybe this could be, you know, the the move that we need to make to get this done. Yeah. So they went to dinner at the Dragonfly. And after they were finished eating, they were trying to walk back to the car together. Now... Aria had actually picked up Adam at his office in the BMW that he had bought for her. And so they were in that same car together. So they had parked in this parking garage that was like on the edge of Old San Juan. And so they just needed to walk over there. Now, it turns out this parking garage was really, really close to that restaurant that Aria owned, the Pink Skirt. And the Pink Skirt was kind of in between the Dragonfly and this parking garage. So... She told him as they were walking that we should just stop off at the pink skirt because I need to handle something first and it's right there. You know, can we just walk there? And Adam agreed. Now, some witnesses stated that they had actually seen the couple arguing as they were walking around that night in between these locations. But it's unclear what they were arguing about because obviously people couldn't hear the conversation. Now, we know that they were trying to get this divorce and that was contentious. So it's probable that that was what they were arguing about. But we can't say that for sure. Now, at around 10 p.m., the couple went by the pink skirt 
And after they left, they started walking towards their car. As they walked toward the parking garage, a man emerged from the darkness. Now, this area is around the corner of San Justo and Luna Streets in Old San Juan. And at that area at the time, there was a traffic light that was out. So it was a lot darker than the other areas of the street. This man emerged from the darkness and he was holding a knife in his hand. Uh Uh-oh. Hey, Twisted Listeners, I'm Cindy. And I'm Diva. And we are Twisted Listers, a weekly podcast about murder. And lists. Each week, we choose a new topic and we cover 10 cases all under that common theme. We've done incredible fun topics like family annihilators. Cannibals. Killer grandmas. And we've also done survivor stories for those of you that like a more uplifting tale. So if this sounds like your kind of party, join us every Monday, wherever you like to listen to podcasts. So yeah, we hope you tune in and we hope that you stay off our lists. Bye. This man followed the couple until they got to that dark area around the San Justo and Luna streets. And then he attacked the attacker stabbed Adam over and over again and also beat him over the head with a cobblestone from the cobblestone streets that are in San Juan. Damn. Yeah, which is really ironic because you have these beautiful cobblestone streets that, you know, people go there to appreciate them. And then here you have this man taking advantage of that to grab up one of the old cobblestones because obviously they're not as, like, well-paved as, you know, a modern street. Yeah. And using that as a murder weapon. Yeah, you know, you're misusing a really nice cobblestone for evil. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. So as he attempted to fight back, because Adam did attempt to fight back against this guy, he yelled, run, baby, run, to his wife, Arya. Yeah. As it turns out, though, Arya did not run. She just stood there. And we know that because there are several witnesses who saw the attack. And they said she just stood there not doing anything. She didn't scream. She didn't try to help him. She didn't say anything. She didn't react at all. She just stood there and watched. That's a red flag. Yeah, it's super weird. Following the attack, Adam was left bleeding on the ground from these vicious wounds, while his wife suffered minor injuries to her head and leg. A witness called emergency services who arrived soon after, and they rushed Aria off for medical treatment. But it was too late to save Adam. He died from his wounds. Police quickly began investigating the attack, and they had the fortune of several witnesses. These witnesses described the attacker as a tall, heavy-set man. At first, police thought the crime might have been a robbery gone wrong. After all, Adam was a very wealthy man who was attacked on the street. And that does seem to signal, you know, a robbery, a random crime. You see a rich guy, he's walking down the street, and you think, I'm going to take his stuff. Yeah, sure. However, there was more to this case than there initially appeared. And they started to get suspicious when they realized that the attacker did not take Adam's wallet or his expensive watch. Yeah, that is bad. Yeah, and if it was a robbery, obviously the attacker would have taken something, especially the watch, because it's right there. Exactly. Now, the police still thought it might be a robbery, but at that point, Adam's family knew for sure that it wasn't, because everything in them told them that the robber would have taken something, and the motive is probably 
this divorce situation. Yeah. Yeah. And they thought it was just Aria wanting to get all of her hands on as much of Adam's money as possible. Because in the divorce, as I told you before, she would lose her access to his fortune. But she would get so much money, $8 million, if she could get him to die before the divorce happened. Yeah, it's a lot of money, a lot of motive. Yeah, so the family and somewhat the police started to wonder, did his wife lure him into a deadly trap? After Adam's murder, the family really started focusing on Arya and believed that she set him up to get the money. And that's why she wanted to go to dinner so badly, is that she knew that she had this hitman waiting. And Arya didn't really help herself out because she did not attend Adam's funeral in Winnipeg. And obviously, Winnipeg is far away from Puerto Rico. But still, if you really love this person and you have all this money access, it's not like this is a poor family where you can't travel. Like, if she had wanted to go, she had the money to go. Yeah. Instead, she focused on getting what she saw as her inheritance. And she claimed that she was still owed the $8 million. And she also wanted his mansion and that BMW. And she even sued the family for the money six months after the murder. Yeah, that's definitely, I mean, it's, it's just red flags, you know? Like, I mean, obviously you're going to go to your own husband's funeral. Um, yeah. And if you're not going, then that is raises some really hard questions. It really does. And it, I have a hard time understanding how someone could think it's appropriate to sue a grieving family six months after the murder. Yeah, legit. That's wild. I mean, the case hasn't even been settled at that point. Yeah, of course. Meanwhile, investigators actually believe that they had solved Adam's case. Because they had found what they think was the perfect suspect after just three weeks of investigating. Nice. Yeah, so three weeks after the murder, they had actually gone to to Aria's restaurant, The Pink Skirt, to talk to her. And while they were in there, they saw a man that matched the description of the attacker. He was tall and heavyset. And so the detectives, thinking, oh, you're in this place, you know, you're in this place that's connected to our victim... We're going to go talk to you. We think you might be the killer. Yeah. Well, this guy was not having any of it. He was like, no, I don't talk to the police. I'm not cooperating with you. And part of the reason for that is that this particular area that they were in, that he lived in, which is called La Perla, is considered to be a self-policing neighborhood. And that's because there are actually some drug dealers that operate out of La Perla. And in order to maintain their businesses, they ironically have to keep the area really safe from other crimes. It's this really wild thing where because the drug dealers don't want a lot of the police attention, they'll do they'll go out of their way to like prevent things like burglaries and robberies and like rapes and murders and stuff because they don't want the police to be all over their area and potentially arrest them. Yeah. So if you step out of line and like rob a tourist, for instance, Like, the community itself will turn on you because they don't want the cops to be like, oh, this is a dangerous area or, like, tourism is down or whatever. And so, you know, a lot of times they won't talk to the police. Now, it's unclear if this guy was not talking to police for that reason because, as we will later learn, he did not have a criminal record. But he flat out refused to talk to them. Because he wasn't cooperating, the police decided that this made him seem super suspicious. So they arrested him. And they brought him down to the station for questioning. This man was 22-year-old Jonathan Ramon Rivera, who lived in La Perla and worked in the kitchen of a local restaurant. He had no criminal record, and he claimed to not know Adam at all. A witness who was a lawyer picked him out of a lineup, and because this guy was well-respected, 
they were convinced. The police were like, this is the guy. That lawyer picked him out. He matches our description. He went to her restaurant. We're done. Celebrate. We solved this rich guy's murder. Points to us. However, Ruman denied these charges and also pleaded not guilty. He claimed that he had been home asleep during the time of the murder. Unfortunately, that's a really hard alibi to prove. Yep. Which sucks for him because if you really are home asleep during a murder, now you're you're kind of in this really crappy position where you can't really convince anybody of it. That's true. In 2007, Ramon went on trial for Adam's murder, still proclaiming his innocence. Now, if you're keeping track, the murder happened in 2005. So this is about two years later, and he's been out on bail awaiting this trial. At the trial, the prosecutor argued that Ramon had randomly attacked and robbed Adam. Because remember... Uh, there was no proof they knew each other, and Ramon refused to admit that he knew him. So the prosecutor thought, you know, he just saw this rich guy. He's a kitchen worker. He doesn't have a lot of money. And he just decided to take advantage of the situation and rob this guy. And the entire case was built off of that eyewitness testimony from that one lawyer who had picked him off of the lineup. Like, that's the entire case is that one guy being like, that's him. Wow. And the wildest part is that the defense actually brought a witness one of the witnesses that I told you about earlier that saw the tall, heavyset man that said, no, it's not Ramon. I live in La Perla and I know Ramon and it wasn't him. It's this other guy named Alex. Oh, yeah, that's reasonable doubt. It is reasonable doubt. You would think so because here she is pointing out Alex and this is another suspect. Yep. The prosecution wasn't worried about Alex, did not try to find Alex, wasn't into that at all. They were just focused on this Ramon guy. Right. So the jury hears all this testimony, goes and deliberates, and convicts Ramon of the murder. Wow. Yeah, just like full conviction. Yeah. It, I mean, I have some doubts now that it was this guy. I mean, after mm-hmm. hearing that there's another suspect. Because, I mean, honestly, if all you have is he's a tall, heavy set guy, and you have eyewitness testimony is unreliable, especially in the dark. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it could ver- there's probably a lot of tall, heavy set dudes in San Juan. Just be real. Right. Yeah. So. There's a lot of tall, heavy set dudes everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying like I'm trying to think of like where are there are no tall heavy set dudes. Right, exactly. Like a children's area, I guess. <laughs> like there shouldn't be, I guess. But Right, the, yeah. I- the island from Lord of the Flies. Oh yeah, that one island. <laughs> That's where you don't see any tall heavy set guys. So yeah, it definitely it's very it's very suspicious. But I mean he was convicted and the court actually sentenced him to 105 years in prison. Damn, that is a long sentence. Yeah, a lot. Like, uh, that's longer than you are alive. So <laughs> Yes, it is. I know. They they really hammered it home. Like, he's he's just going to jail. And as he's being sentenced, poor Ramon was still insisting he was innocent and just trying to get people to listen to him and that he didn't do it. And it's, it is very wild to consider the fact that all he did was go out to this nightclub and, and restaurant and then not want to talk to the police. And then now he's in jail for murder of this businessman that everyone's all up in arms about. Yeah. Because it's like really rare for, you know, high profile people like that to be killed over there apparently. And people, they like the police were really focused on, we got to get this closed. Yeah. As you can see by, Hey, this guy fits the description. Let's do this. Exactly. They didn't even have like a sketch. Like they were just like tall, heavy set. <laughs> that guy is that guy. <laughs> like we're just, get him. we're going to go with this guy. Yeah. Now, Adam's family had kind of a mixed reaction to this because right after 
there was like a moment where they felt like they'd gotten partial justice. Now they still were convinced that Arya was behind the murder. And so they thought if Roman was the killer, they were pretty sure that he would have been asked by Arya and he would have information. And the police sort of listened to this because they weren't really that focused on Arya, but they did press Roman to give them information. And he was asked a lot by, you know, on behalf of the family here, did Arya hire you? Do you know anything about Arya doing this? Like, tell us her role in the plan, all of these things. And Roman would never tell them anything. All he would tell them is, I did not do this. I don't know what you're talking about. I can't provide you any information. And as the family was like really listening to Roman's story, they started to think, did he actually do it? Yeah. Is it somebody else? And they still were convinced that Arya was behind the murder. And by that point, by 2007, Arya had actually completely left Puerto Rico. Oh, wow. And had seemingly disappeared because she was living under another name. That is very suspicious. Yeah. And so at that point, Adam's family, especially his father, Abe and Hank, were completely completely convinced that Arya was behind the murder. She had hired someone who was not Jonathan Ramon and that she was out free and hiding in Europe somewhere, getting away with Adam's murder. That's crazy. Yeah. And they were about to hire their own people to track her down and finally try to get someone to listen to them that she was a killer. Nice. But I'm saving that for part two. <laughs> when hopefully my voice is slightly better. Although I don't think it's going to be. <laughs> Just going to go out on a limb. We're hoping for a, a quick and speedy recovery. Yes. I have to go on a training thing for one of my jobs on Sunday. Like I have to fly in a plane. That's right. And I, I'm out of like my little quarantine period. So I'm not as worried about that. But at the same time, I just don't want people to be scared of me sounding like this. Yeah. So, I don't know. I would also just like to not have to cough anymore. It would be good, too. That's very true. And to have more energy. Yeah. Basically, not have COVID. Yeah. Because, like, I'm in recovery, but still. You know what I mean? I feel like anyone who's had it knows what I mean. It, like, it like lingers. It does. And I don't understand how I keep getting COVID. I apologize for this. I almost took this week off. And then I thought, no, because I would feel sad. I would feel sad if I were you. And I feel like we still kind of had a case within a case because we just had the, we had the starting of the case. We technically it's been closed for now. Ended on a cliffhanger. I know it did. I don't know. I hope that everybody is like, oh. Look, I'm jazzed up. I want to hear what happens then. Yeah. And I'm sure our listeners do too. I definitely, I want to hear and I already know. (laughs) But I feel bad for this guy. I feel bad for his family. The other day we were talking about how it seems like the people who get murdered are always, like, the best people. Yeah. Because I think it's just because people start taking advantage of them, and then they're like, oh, I must get rid of them. And then they are just robbing us of all the best people. That's right. I feel like this is going to be, like, a really wild thing where you start to worry if you're a bad person because nobody wants to murder you. Oh, my God. I don't know if... Look, I'm, I'm okay with that. If it keeps me and you from being murdered, like, I'll take it. Yes. Oh, we are monsters. I mean, you're the best person, but honestly... Wait, don't be putting that out there. What did I just say about the murders? I did... Well, I mean, I I was going to follow that up with, but I don't want you to get murdered by anyone. 
Yes. Nobody should get murdered any, anywhere. That's right. Hot takes from that <laughs> podcast. Like, no one should ever get murdered anywhere. All right. Well, I feel like I'm defeating my purpose by continuing to talk since I'm trying to save my voice. We will see you very soon with a new episode, which will be the conclusion of this episode. We hope that you're having a terrific summer and are not getting COVID. And if someone offers you a booster, uh, we can't tell you what to do. So whichever you want, but I would recommend taking it so that you don't get it again. That's right. Like some people are in this room um, because it sucks. It does. And we got cocky. I'm just going to be honest with you because we had it, if you recall, um, for those of you who are longtime listeners, I got it around the time that my mom had passed. Before she passed, I got COVID from probably from my work, my, my murder mystery shows that I do for my other job. And I did not get very sick. Like, I didn't even realize I had COVID. I thought I was having, like, some mild allergies. But then we were going to go on a cruise for my birthday. And I tested positive. And they were like, you have Omicron, but since you're vaccinated, it's not that bad. And so I was like, okay, obviously I'm not going to try to get COVID. I'm not going to be reckless. But I'm not very afraid of getting it anymore because my symptoms were so mild. Okay, that was a lie. Six months later, apparently that is no longer applicable. Yeah. I think it's seven months later, I guess. Yeah, seven months later. It's not applicable anymore, y'all. They were very bad. This was the second worst time that I've had COVID after the very first time. That's right. We're back to like OG symptoms almost. Which is not cool. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like full flu, basically. Zero out of ten. Yeah. Do not recommend. Anyway, stay safe, stay healthy. We will see you again very soon. Please have a wonderful time, and thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Bye.